let's sit back. Yes, what can you do differently tomorrow? Yeah. And I think it's really important to be that resilience because we're going to need that for the whole career. Mm -hmm. There are going to be difficult days. And I think, yeah, if you bounce back and you say, well, what's the end in sight mm. is I want to be a teacher. Okay. Mm. What did I learn from today? Mm. I think the issue is if you don't learn from it, that if I've, as we've all had, well, I could have handled that differently. Mm. So what did I learn? So the next day, you try something different. Oh, that worked a bit better. That was today's guest, experienced educator, former school principal and current university prac supervisor, Mike Woodward. And you are listening to episode number 14 of the Teacher's Guide podcast. Gentlemen, what are the four pillars? Now you all remember how scary your first days at school were. You've done messed up, A.A. Ron! Hello and welcome to the Teacher's Guide podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Zach Woodward. I'm a primary school teacher from Brisbane, Australia, and I will be your host each week. The aim of this podcast is to provide information and experiences that will help all teachers to thrive in their role, particularly aimed at beginner teachers and those who are aspiring to one day join the teaching profession. We like each episode to be short and to the point, so let's get into it. Well, it's a special episode for me today because not only is our guest a highly experienced educator and a former school principal and currently working for a university as a prac supervisor, so he's all of those things, but he's also my dad. So Mike Woodward is joining us today and for many years, I've sat around the kitchen table or at family events talking to dad about education and he he loves it and he's got so much wisdom to share and at the moment in his current role... His job is to supervise prac students who are out there in schools teaching for the first time. And so, I've wanted to do an episode on prac for a while and I thought, who else better to do it than my very own dad? So, he's going to share some wisdom with us today. I started out the interview with dad asking him, what is the purpose of prac and what should pre-service teachers be hoping to take away from the experience? I think the learning intention is really what they're learning to do, and that is what is the role of a teacher? How does a teacher operate? So they're seeing the big picture of what a teacher does and the skills, they develop their skills. You can only learn so much from um, at uni, from, from reading, you learn a lot, but to be able to actually put those skills into practice, put their understandings into practice, that's a really important skill they learn at PRAC. The other thing is building relationships with students, which is absolutely vital, mm. How do you do that if you're not actually at PRAC? Yeah. And the feedback I often get is, and I know my own experience is, until you actually go to PRAC, do you really know this is for you? Yeah. And so often people go there and say, hey, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So even though first year PRAC is um, observation and a little bit of teaching, mm. they really get to see what a teacher does. Mm. So they learn. So I think really the intention is, what does a teacher do? Developing your own skills mm. so that you're ready to teach and then developing those relationships with students. Yeah, because teaching is very different to uni, isn't it? Because like at uni, when I went to uni, I wore thongs. Uh, mm. I went to lectures that were one hour long. I, I used my phone in some lectures and we can't do that on oh. crack for obvious reasons, can we? It would not be a good move, no. 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 And you know what? You touched on it a lot because prac, you are the te- you are a teacher. That's yeah. so important. And things like dress... They are important. Mm. Things like how you communicate with students. You are the role model. Mm. So, and everything from your speech 
to your dress, to your manner. You're, you're a teacher. Mm. And I think you're right. That is a really important aspect of being at Prague. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. And one of the things that I struggle with, and I've had some emails about this as well, is the planning template. So, I mean, the uni gives us a template sometimes, and sometimes the school has a template we like to use. How should we approach planning? I think you hit the nail on the head with the templates. I think most universities do have templates Mm. that people can use, um, and as you say, some schools do too. I think most places you you develop your own after a while, particularly by your final year. But if you use those templates, sometimes there's a good approach, I think, that people often use with the learning intention. They talk about Walt and Wolf. So we are learning too what I'm looking for. So you've really thought out what the goal of the lesson is. I think it's important that you're really clear on what the goal is because if you're not, the students won't be. Exactly. And so then once you're doing that, how do you structure it? Again, there are many ways. There are many different pedagogies that people use and schools will have them. But one that uh, a lot of people find very useful is the gradual release of responsibility where at the start, explicit teaching, I do, Mm. which really means that you're show me. In other words, you're demonstrating what children need to do. So you've demonstrated it, you've given the information and it's pretty much the children paying attention. Then you say, right, let's engage, help me. In other words, we do. Mm. And then you find out, well, how are the students going? What do they know? What don't they know? Mm. You might have to go back to I do because you found out, hey, they weren't sure of that. So they practice the skill. You're wandering around finding out what they know and don't know. Mm. And then finally, when you're fairly confident they're pretty right, it's you do. You do the independent work, Mm. which is let me. Mm. (laughs) So you're saying, okay, let's do that. But you're still wandering around. You're still walking around the room, monitoring, giving support, Mm. um, differentiating. But in terms of setting up a lesson, that's a pretty good approach because if you do I do, we do, you do, you're at least fairly sure that you're supporting students as much as possible. Mm. And... And listening to this podcast is prac teachers from prep right up to year 12. Does that gradual release of responsibility work? Have you seen it work in all those year levels with prac students? You know, it does because in the prep, you're still, even in the rotations, aren't you demonstrating what you're doing with that particular letter that you're learning about or whatever? Mm. By year 12, you're doing a very complex um, thing in biology, but you're still demonstrating it. And then students, you still want to know whether they know it or not prior to them writing up the report or writing a research project on such and such. Mm. So I think that model can work quite well. Mm. Yeah, good. Yeah. good. So that's that's our planning. And just with that gradual release of responsibility, you touched on it, how does a prank student know when, okay, these kids get it, I'm ready to go to the next step. Like, what do we look for? What do prac students look for? You know, it's funny. A lot of the time you look for those blank faces at times too. You get a, yeah. a, a look. But a lot of it is by walking around the room. You see informally. Yes, you do quizzes at times. People do a quiz, uh, a fun quiz at times. They even use thumbs up, thumbs down at times. There are a lot of those sorts of ideas. But a lot of times just walking in the room and you can see Oh, yeah, there's an issue there. I mean, an 11-year-old child isn't going to put up the hand and say, I haven't got a clue about this. But by walking around, you can have a quiet word with that child and support them. Mm. Alternatively, what about the child who does everything in five minutes? You know you've got to enrich that child. So when you say, do they know it? Yes, there are little quizzes, but quite often just by observing the students, Mm. listening to them, asking questions, you can see. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And... 
and part of that observation, it's a skill that a lot of prac teachers learn in their first year. So most universities send pre-service teachers out on a you know five-week uh, observation. What do prac students look for? So when they're sitting in that room, uh, watching the teacher teach, mm. what what should they be looking for and taking notes on? It's really important, isn't it? Because we can watch a, someone work, uh, an electrician or whatever, but we may not know exactly what we're looking for. No. So as a teacher, quite often, in, and I think this is true in a lot of universities, in first year when they have those one-day um, days of prac, mm. the university actually sets. This week your focus is behaviour management. This week your focus is questioning techniques. Mm. This week your focus is how do they differentiate or whatever. So each week there's a focus and they actually write something about that. That becomes an assessment at the end. So sometimes there's a a particular focus. The reality is of school life, you had an excursion that day or a sports carnival or whatever, but over 10 trips, over 10 days, you've seen each of those things. So how does your teacher use ICTs? How does your teacher um, cater for all the different learning needs and learning styles? But over 10 days, you are looking at those things. One of the things we oftentimes recommend is actually talk to the teacher and say, look, um, I really want to see differentiation. How did you support that child over there who's intellectually impaired or whatever? A lot of teachers, most teachers who are mentors will actually make a point of saying, well, look what I'm doing here. Mm. And so they're not just observing every because you can't observe 100. Teaching involves so many areas. But quite often you will say, this week I'm really looking at your questioning techniques. Yeah. How did you question? How did you get the higher order thinking skills? So yeah. a whole lesson on that. If the teacher knows, oftentimes they'll deliberately do a very um, a lesson where there's a lot of clarifying questions. Um, what's this in, in um, inductive reasoning? What, what do we mean by that? What's inquiry-based maths? So they may deliberately do a lesson for you on that. Now, can we talk about behavior management? Because this is the thing you, you mentioned before about how prac is a time for uni students to see, is teaching for me? And one of the things that turns a lot of teachers off is behaviour management. They love the content, they love teaching kids, but when there's kids speaking over them, yeah. that really turns a lot of people off. So how do we control behaviour management as a pre-service prac teacher? And at times it's very hard if there are complex behaviours and challenging behaviours. And I think there are a few things. One, though, is quite good is when you are in a classroom, mm. you follow what the teacher has in place. Yeah. And that means following their consequences and it means following their um, positive consequences too. Mm. So if they have a system in place. But I notice quite often a teacher will say to the pre-service teacher, look, I want them to look at you. Could you set up a um, system too? Mm. So quite a few will set up their own reward system or their own recognition system or their own consequences. So one is to see what the teacher does, observe. Secondly, though, a lot find that things like what you do at uni, the essential skills for classroom management, mm. they're good things to keep in mind and practice. Mm. And waiting and scanning is so important because, as you alluded to, if you start talking and twenty, or even three or four or five children are talking over you, they're not going to listen. Um, so things like that, waiting and scanning, giving descriptive praise, those sorts of things make a big difference in the classroom too. Yeah. Um, so following those skills and pra- the word practice comes up mm. because it's it's good to practice those skills and people say, oh, did it work? Well, actually, we practice those skills and they do make a difference. You know, things like, um, as I mentioned, selective attending even, mm. there are times when, I guess, 
picking your battles. Parallel acknowledgement too. That's a big one. Yeah. You walk into a year one class and you notice three children sitting up beautifully. It's interesting how the other 20 follow. Yeah, yeah. But, but even older children, they recognise, oh, look, they're, they're, look, thanks to the group over there doing your work so well, mm. you've nearly finished the first, second paragraph. It does spur others on too. Mm. So things like that. So I'd strongly recommend the essential skills. Yes. I think they're really powerful. Yeah. Um, when you see them actually working, they really do make a difference in the classroom. Mm. But prior to that, isn't it about relationships? Yeah. You know when classes lined up outside and you see a child with his violin, why, why don't you go and talk to them? Yeah. You know, hey, Johnny, I hear that, uh, oh, sorry, Mary, after netball last week, I hear you got to the district finals, had to go. Yeah. All those little things, you must find that makes a big difference. And yeah. being able, my first year teaching, I was given advice once. He said, um, if you get on well with children outside the classroom, you get on well with them inside. Yeah. And I can see where he's coming from. When I started coaching sport, all of a sudden, kids, you know, it was a, yeah. you're building those relationships. So I think with behavior, if you were to prac for six weeks and you have that final prac, you've really got a chance to develop some relationships. Yeah, definitely. And that helps with behavior. But having said that, yes, things like that. The old Bill Rogers videos are quite useful. Um, you know, how do you engage a class when they're, um, you know, there are four or five children off task, when a child says no, yeah. all those sorts of things. I think the more we go into prac without those sorts of um, that sort of assistance, yeah. it's a help. So yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd encourage people to go through those things before they yes, yeah. go to prac and be conscious of it yourself. Mm. Um, there are a few of the skills, as someone mentioned before, some are even more important than others. But I mm. think, you know, don't talk over the children, things like that, waiting yeah. and scanning, things like descriptive praise, things like following up yeah. is a big one. Yeah. And giving a choice, getting in the habit of giving choice A or choice B, yeah. um, that, that tends to empower the students too yeah. a fair bit. Yeah, and so you've just mentioned the essential skills and Bill Rogers yeah. uh, for behavior management tips. So I'll put those in the show notes so um, that people can go and watch those right. some of those videos and uh, yeah. read those essential skills as well. And something you mentioned before we started speaking was descriptive encouraging, yeah. and just then you called it descriptive praise. What does that look like in a classroom? Okay, sometimes I think we can get in the habit of saying, uh, "Well done, Mary. Mm. Well done, Philip." Good boy. And that's fine. There's a place. But descriptive praise actually explains what the praise is about. So the rest mm. of the class and everyone, and so does that child, know what they've actually done. Mm. Hey, listen, thanks for finishing off that. Um, no, you finished off that paragraph really well. I noticed you've got a verb there and blah, blah, blah. Um, thanks for uh, doing such and such. So you praise them. Or I like the way you filled out that such and such. I see all you're working out for that maths problem now when they weren't doing it the day before. So you're not just saying good boy. But, hey, I see you filled out all the uh, work in there. I can clearly see what you've done in the area of the okay. whatever. So it's not just saying good work. No. You say what they did good work on. Yeah. So you're remembering the curriculum. It's, it's more what they've done with their learning yeah. than just the behaviour. Yeah. I hope you're enjoying this conversation so far about prac teaching. And we'll be back in a moment with some more tips, particularly the do's and don'ts of going out on PRAC. But before that, we do have a quick message from today's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by WillPro, and the team at WillPro make it their mission to help people just like you create a personalized and professional will all online for just $99. So you can create a will from the comfort of your own couch 
And for listeners of the Teacher's Guide podcast, WillPro have a very special offer for you. They are offering you 15% off. All you need to do is type in the code TEACHERPODCAST at the checkout and you can have your will done online for 15% off. So that code again is TEACHERPODCAST, all one word, and it is written down in today's show notes for you. So head over to willpro.com.au and start making your will today. Willpro, let your will be done. Now, there are many do's and don'ts of going out on prac. And one of the big do's is do bring your own coffee mug. It's a practical thing, but it will save you some very awkward conversations with teachers in the staff room if you start drinking from their coffee mug. So definitely take your own coffee mug out on prac. But there are some more serious do's and don'ts, and we're going to hear some of those now from Mike. I think part of it is that in schools, we're not isolated. In other words, anytime there's more than one person in the school, Mm. you're part of a team. And that's worth remembering. Mm. So as part of that team and remembering in, a, in the primary school context, you're part of a year level and quite often they have meetings, etc. Yeah. So you're working together. So part of it is contribute to the life of the school. And schools really appreciate it when you've helped cook the barbie at the school music night. Yeah. You've helped coach that team um, uh, to help the person out. You might have a skill in a particular area of athletics. Well, wouldn't it be great if you went out and helped with the shot put or you helped mm-hmm. out those things or music or whatever your skill is, you can share that with the students mm-hmm. and the school will appreciate it. So helping out is really appreciated. Um, any sort of extracurricular activities you can be involved in, mm-hmm. um, p- attending professional development so you're learning um, the whole time you're there. Mm. So, yeah, being part of a team, supporting each other. Sometimes that means sharing resources. Mm. I can think of, uh, I've been told quite often by supervisors, hey, that was a really good resource that that teacher had, mm. um, and they use it in future. So you've got a resource that was really good. I'm thinking last term when um, so much online learning was taking place, mm. a lot of pre-service teachers were very very helpful in terms of that and providing resources, mm. ICT that they're familiar with. So that's the first one. Let's support the others. Mm. The other one is taking on feedback. Do take on feedback. That mm. is really important. Yeah. We never stop learning. It is so good. You've got another teacher in the room with you yeah. giving you support. Take on that feedback, yeah. Um, and I think that's just so important. So they've told, they've mentioned things to you that can help. You've self-reflected. Now take on their feedback. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be pretty good to finish a three-week block of prac and see that hey, I've improved in this. Yeah. I took on that feedback, and now I can do this particular that's right. teaching skill that I could not do three weeks ago. And it's really good when you see that a skill happens and you think, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, or you saw a really good way of teaching that particular aspect of mathematics, yeah. or you found persuasive speech, gosh, the teacher did exciting things in that area, mm. or that novel, wow, I've never seen children so engaged in that particular book. Mm. So you learn so much, but most importantly, you're learning skills. Yeah. Oh, that's how the teacher introduced a lesson and told me, gave me feedback. Now I introduce lessons in a more interesting way or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, transitions is a big one. How do mm. I get children to go from paper mache then doing something else? Yeah. Or how do I get them to go to the uh, phys ed and then back to my lesson? So how do I transition? How do I engage students mm. and be watching that? So I think do take on feedback. Yeah. Yeah. yeah excellent. Now, that there's some good skills that prac teachers might not be thinking too much about but that are really important to do. Now, we don't want to – 
be too negative, but there are definitely some don'ts and there are definitely some things that if we don't think about them, if, if, if a practice student does this, it, it can't, doesn't look too good. So, what are some of the don'ts for pre-service teachers when they're out in a school on prac? I think probably listening to the first ones there was important in that don't um, come to class without your lesson planned. Mm. Normally, it's 24 hours you need to give the lesson to the teacher. And that's think about it, it's their class. Mm. They're responsible for the learning in that class. Yeah. But also, they give you feedback. So mm. most of them will say, hey, I've seen your lesson plan. This part's great. That part's great. By the way, I would do this differently okay. or try doing this. So it's for your sake, the children's sake, and the teacher's sake. Yeah. So it's really important. So don't just get up there and think, oh, I can teach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You need to plan and you need to show the teacher the plan. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important. And, you know, being part of a team means we don't go in and gossip about each other. We don't get involved in um, school politics or staff room politics. Yeah. Um, you might see how decisions are made, but you don't uh, – you're not gossiping about other people, bad-mouthing other people. No. Um, so I think being a positive team player is really important, so we don't do that. Yeah. So we've discussed social media. We don't do that with students. No. Um, so I think they're some of the key points that – um, I guess the the do's is, is the, the opposite to them. Mm. But I mm. think that's one of the big things. We don't gossip about others. No. Uh, we don't badmouth others in the staff room. Yeah. Um, think about your dress, just following the, the school ethos yeah. too. Yeah. Because it's, it, it's a pretty bad look, isn't it, if a practice student comes and then within one week they're saying bad things about other staff or even other students in the staff yeah, room. that's right. It's a pretty bad look. And with your principal hat on so you were a principal for a yeah. long time and you employed people uh they these sorts of things i'm guessing the things that principals look for in future employees you know what i think those soft skills the idea of emotional like uh, being able to communicate with people mm. support each other one of the things a lot of pre-service teachers do is they have a log of any extracurricular they did in school mm. or any professional development attended. In other words, what did you you're showing that you're prepared to get involved. Mm. You're showing you're prepared to contribute your skills. Mm. So if the school's got a dance group and you're a dancer, wouldn't you help? Yeah, of course. If if you've got a guitar and you can help out in that way, uh, apart from anything else, it's great yeah. to be able to do that. If you know a sport really well. But you know, you don't have to be artistic. Mm. to help at a – you don't have to be musical to help at the musical. You can do the backdrop mm. or you can be selling things. You know, they really do appreciate because what you're saying to the principal is, I am prepared to go the extra yeah. way too. Yeah. yeah Not definitely. just being in the class. That's obviously incredibly important to be able to teach. Yeah. But also I'm prepared to do the extra. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And th those are a great list of do's and don'ts and I'll put them in the show notes so that – People can look at them before they go out on their next prac as just a reminder of the things that they should and should be looking out for in what they do and don't do. So as we come to the end of this episode, I do want to ask you two more questions. And the first one is, do you have a concrete example? And of course, without giving away the name of someone or the identity of them, a good example of just a brilliant lesson given by a prac student that you have witnessed in recent years. You know, fortunately, this is a tough question because there are so many. But, that, that's and, a good sign. And that's a good sign because there are so many people giving so many good lessons. But there are a couple of things. Firstly, when I think of the really good lessons, really well planned. Yes. To the point they've even written down and thought about what specific questions to ask. Mm. Um, they're planned it well. They have 
um, even thought about times, even though that can change. But you know what I'm saying? They've planned it really well. They've engaged all the students. They've differentiated. Mm. Um, they've done the lesson in a way which was motivating from the start to finish. At the finish, they summarised the points. They had a way of summarising it. They had students exit tickets and all these sorts of things. Mm. But there's one I thought, if to give an example, was a year one class and they were teaching something which is important and that is using subtraction to solve problems. So they needed to use subtraction. So they had the charts on the side of the wall with words like less. Mm. So they gave them an idea of left, what's left. So they had all the prompts. And then really they followed, they were very clear with the students, we are learning too, and they explained what they're learning to do. I'm looking for you showing me you're working and how you did it. So they, mm. they had all that. Okay, they did the I do. In other words, the teacher demonstrated on the board things like using a number line. Mm. with a real activity. They used diagrams. Mm. They used um, countbacks. They did verbal countbacks. Mm. So she showed a different ways of solving those problems and she yeah. demonstrated on the board while the children listened. They were very attentive yep. and they listened. So she made it very clear. The next part came, the engagement came, where, okay, let's see what you do know. Mm. So she put another one on the board and they worked it out in pairs. Mm. So they were supporting each other. So they weren't independent yet. They were doing it in pairs. And she was really monitoring them as they did it very closely. Yeah. And she noticed that they, in number line, and children do that. I know when I was teaching year two at times they would. When they counted back, they counted the first number as, a, as one of the numbers they counted back. Mm. So she actually called them together and went back to the idea and explained that very clearly okay. just so they knew. Then she said, right, we understand that. When she was confident that they could do it, um, Independently, then she went to the you do, and they had a couple of examples to work out independently. Yeah, and that's when she walked around supporting them. But the fact is, by the time they got to independent, they'd worked through many examples. Mm. They had got feedback from her. They'd got mm. feedback from each other, mm. and she strategically placed children in different areas. Mm. Then they had a rotation group, and the one group she had she had. Um, planned the three groups in abilities. Mm. So one group that was doing independent work then doing a few more activities, they had a fairly difficult, mm. more challenging. Mm. Others was more straightforward and they actually had blocks with them so they were able to um, have a bit more support. Yeah. So I think when you say a good lesson was it good, it met its objectives. Yeah. All the children were engaged. Mm. All the children were engaged at their level and there was enough challenge that children really had to think. Yeah. Yeah. So she was giving the strategies of how to learn and they had an exit slip to get out and she oh, wow. it was just a really um, – and she had the rapport with the children. Yes. The children yeah. were happy to ask for help. Mm. They were happy to experiment. They weren't afraid to say, you know, they were having problems or whatever. Mm. Um, and she monitored it really well. I think that was just a good lesson where the children succeeded and she helped develop knowledge, obviously, of subtraction, but she also developed uh, knowledge uh, relationships with students. Yeah. And I'm guessing that would have been very well planned as well. She would have had a quite a detailed lesson plan. And that's what a teacher said. Boy, she plans to the nth yes. degree. Yeah. But she's still adaptable. When the yeah. students didn't know the number line, she was flexible enough. Yeah. Boy, right, everyone, come together. I better explain this again. Yeah. And then they went back to their work. And I yeah. thought it was quite a good – those children knew problem solving pretty All right. well. No, that does sound like a good lesson. Yeah. Very good. And and maybe she's out there teaching at a school right Probably now. Probably is. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. The last question that I'd love to ask, and this happens a lot. This happened when I was on prac, and it's, it's a bad day. So when a prac teacher has a bad day, how can a pre-service teacher bounce back from that and arrive to school the next day – 
feeling confident and not going, just not throwing in the towel and going, I don't want to be a teacher anymore. So how can pre-service teachers bounce back after a difficult day in the classroom? Could I just say pre-service teachers and teachers, yeah, uh, everyone right. has a bad day. Oh, yeah. And the so, fact yeah, is we have definitely. to bounce back. You're right. Yeah. And you know what? There are bad days. There are difficult times. There's no mm. use saying there aren't. And the fact is that we need resilience, which is really important. Mm. But you know, there are people you can talk to. Mm. And I'd be talking to the mentor teacher, getting advice and talking it through. What can I do differently? Mm. Self-reflecting what you can do differently. And hopefully you've got someone who could be a, another pre-service teacher. It could be a friend. Uh, a friend in teaching or whatever that you can talk to mm. and sit down and, and take a step back and say, well, what could I do? Mm. I mean, even looking at ICT, sometimes there are lessons online, there are there are things you can look at. Mm. But from what you're saying, it's not so much the content. Maybe it's a behaviour yeah. thing or whatever, which is the tough one. Yeah. And you're going, oh, I'll pack it in. No. Let's sit back. Yes. What can you do differently tomorrow? Yeah. And I think it's really important to be that resilience because we're going to need that for the whole career. Mm. There are going to be difficult days. And I think, yeah, if you bounce back and you say, well, what's the end in sight mm. is I want to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Okay. What did I learn from today? Mm. I think the issue is if you don't learn from it. But if I've, as we've all had, well, I could have handled that differently. Mm. So what did I learn? So the next day you try something different. Oh, that worked a bit better. Mm. Um, that child who was throwing tantrums, they're only throwing tantrums less now mm. or I've got a better relationship with that child mm. or this lesson yeah it did drag on a bit and the kids got restless okay well tomorrow I'm going to ch change the pace a bit yes yeah um, so you ask yourself I'm not going to just say I'm going to improve but how yeah. okay when I think of it pacing was an issue yeah. or did I cater for that child's uh, yeah. needs um, did I make sure all the children oh Timing, did I have plan B? In other words, for fast finishes. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah, if you've got that, bored kids in the room. Yeah. If you've got 15 minutes to go and the child hasn't got anything to do, yeah. they're not off task, they haven't got a task. So You're right. things like that you can learn from. And, mm. you know, most mentor teachers, we accept we're all learning. And I think if they say, right, that's something to work on tomorrow, let's do that. But it's keeping the end in mind. I want to be a teacher. This didn't go too well. What did I learn from it? Definitely. And, yeah. and that sounds like reflection at the end of each day yeah. is an important, pra important practice in bouncing back and, and coming back to school the next day trying to, trying to do better. And mm -hmm. you, you're definitely right in that we're all learning. And when I was a prac teacher, I had some terrible days. Yeah. And I did come home some days thinking, I'm not cut out for this. Yep. But now that I've been teaching for four years, I look back on it and I go, I learned from that. And I haven't made that similar mistake again. Well, I have a few times, but I, I know how to fix situations yeah. like that now. So. And we're all human. And, and oh, yeah. My last prac, I was very lucky. I had a teacher who was incredibly supportive mm. who would give me a lot of feedback. Mm. And I've never forgotten that. And when I started teaching, I kept thinking back to what did he do? Mm. And, you know, you, you think about that. But, yeah, the end in mind, I want to be a teacher. I'm prepared to learn from what I've done. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's that's very good. So there are lots of notes here for me to write in the show notes for this episode for people to learn from. Dad, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Oh, absolute you. pleasure. I um, The amount of knowledge I've learned from you over the years sitting around the kitchen table, I'm, I'm glad that now more people can learn from that and that um, prac students can go into their practical experiences with a little bit more confidence. Thank you, Zach. Yeah. I hope they all do well. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. 
I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did and I hope you've learned a few things that will help you with the next time you go out on a prac teaching experience. Now, if you have any more questions or you would like any more information, please feel free to contact me via the website, which is theteachersguide.com.au and I will happily forward your questions on to Dad and he'll... um, he'll happily answer them. So please send any questions through. Also, in today's show notes, you will find the links that Michael was speaking about, particularly the Bill Rogers videos and those tips for behavior management. Wherever you are in your teaching career, I wish you all the best for the future. And please join us next week for episode number 15 of the Teacher's Guide podcast.